Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. We will be free of spoilers of future episodes, but spoiler-filled of details from previous episodes when the occasion calls for it. Mm -hmm. I'm Jason, and yeah, I'm pretty sure blood doesn't taste that great to humans. Yeah. And uh, I'm Harrison, and I'll chain Angel to a bed any day. Yeah, you will. Jason, what episode are we watching today? We are watching Angel Season 1, Episode 17, Eternity. This is the one where, yeah, other stuff happens, but Cordelia has zero chill. (laughs) Like, no chill chill whatsoever. whatsoever. Cordelia was giving me kind of... um, most willow vibes in some scenes you know like when willow like can't stop talking yeah like and like starts tripping over words like that was some cordy <laughs> uh eternity was written by tracy stern and directed by regis kimball and originally aired on april 4th 2000 Jason, what are you drinking? Um, what did you end up pouring for me, Harrison? Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a white wine from a box. I think it's a Pinot Grigio. Um, it's it's, a, it's very dry. Yes. So it's the only alcohol we had in our house, um, except for like things that you don't drink on their own, but we don't have the things to mix <laughs> in with them. That being said, right before this, I did have a very interesting tequila that had a scorpion in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> John's parents were just in Mexico, and they, they returned last night um, and brought that back, and it, um, I made Jason try it. Um, it's not the sort of thing that would have been a good drink for an episode, but... Uh, yeah, honestly, I feel, I, I feel like... It's more, you don't drink that because you enjoy it. It's more to experience it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because boy, was it an experience. Now you Smoky can say, tequila. Now you can say, I drank tequila from a scorpion. I've actually always wanted to, like, try some of those, like, uh, I know there are places that you can go where you can eat, like, grasshoppers and mm-hmm. scorpions and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it'd be, like, freaky as hell, but I'd still want to do it's it. It's an experience. Yeah um so yeah that's what we're both drinking that yep um so take us away on a toast monsieur jason okay um here is to all the great things about america but also never forgetting what we can do better yes oh yes we're filming this like we're recording this before uh fourth of july weekend so yep it's coming up. Um, I was like, something patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, let's Eternity. let's hop into this as um, Angel and Wesley are uh, discussing strategies. Strategies for what? They got to get out of this place that they're in. And where are they at? Oh, it's, it's, it's Cordelia in a production of A Doll's House by Ibsen. Yeah. Um, She's bad. <laughs> yeah, and what what really and Harris and I are both uh, performers as well. Apart from this, we've been in plays sometimes together. Sometimes, but uh, and th- they've been great times. They have been great times. But uh, there, I have a uh, vi- I had some very bad anxiety come up when 
Cordelia, which this looks like an actual performance. You have an audience. Yeah, a small but, one. But, a uh, small one, but I mean, you know, it seems to be a small playhouse, but uh, she calls for line <sighs> and oh boy, oh boy. What's worse though is when she calls for line, which, you know, as we as we were saying, uh, there will be no scripts on the night. <laughs> but then the, I guess, director or script supervisor, it's a theater, uh, a community theater pr- pr- production. They don't have a script supervisor. Um, <laughs> the director. The director <laughs> or probably the stage manager. Oh, actually, there you go. I'm going to guess. Um, yells it. And Cordelia goes, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that was even, for me, that was almost worse than the initial, like, calling of line. Like, oof. Oh man! Oof, oof, oofity, oof! It's been a it's been a while since I've been in a show, but that 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 anxiety is still real. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, so we have our credits, and then uh, Cordelia is asking Angel and Wes how she was, and uh, they were doing their absolute best. Um, Wesley, I think, ends up saying that she uh, she made the part her own. Yep. And uh, Cordy asks Angel, she was good. He's like, well, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. And Cordy's like, oh, yeah. But wait, you haven't said it. <laughs> and, oh, I, I... I feel for those two because... I mean, I, I love all of my friends and I appreciate all their artistic endeavors... There are some things that just aren't that great. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, what's the best way to work this to you? Yeah. I mean, in my years of doing theater, it's nothing. The only thing worse than going to, I feel like, uh, going to see a, a, a friend's show and being like, oh, this is bad. Is when you're in, it's, the worst part is when you're in the middle of, like, a run of a show you're in, and you're like, uh-oh, this is bad. <laughs> um, there have been a couple you know, of those, uh. You know, come to think of it, I, I don't think I've ever been in the run, in the middle of a run of a show and thought that it was bad. I've been, uh, oh, excuse me, maybe I have, uh. Maybe I have um, feelings, negative feelings towards it afterwards. Maybe even before. <laughs> but I feel like when I'm doing the show, I like, have to tamp it down. Yeah, I'm very much like in the moment, and I'm very and I I guess I always tell myself right before every performance like this is gonna be the best performance that I'm gonna give, and uh, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But all that matters is that ignorant dumb guys <laughs> thinks that it's going to be. I, I, I typically am pretty good about, like, yeah, if I, even if I'm like, okay, this show is not going well, like, I can't focus on that right now. I just got to do the best I can. There was one show I did that I won't say the name of, just to, you know, spare feelings. But it, uh, two weeks, I think, before we opened, I was like, oh, my God. This is shit. This is the worst thing I've ever been a part of. I, and there's no saving it. Like, we we can't because our director has made terrible, terrible choices from the day one. And we're stuck. And it's happening. And people are going to see it. Um, I think Jason knows what play or what show. Was it one that I was in? It was not. Okay. You, know, you were not in it. 
and um oh is it the one that i ended up seeing twice possibly <laughs> i i think so okay um, yeah um but in all fairness i had a good time when i saw it <sighs> anyway yeah luckily um angel's able to escape this uh awkward conversation because cordelia spots oliver simon yeah and uh, if you don't remember, uh, we saw him in the very first episode. Was yep. it the pilot? Yep. Yes, in the in the where the party where he runs into Cordy. Yes, and uh, but uh, this is the guy who just assumed that Angel was an actor and gave him his card. Which, when he reveals this to Cordy, she's like, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny because I feel like I don't remember if we talked about it in that pilot ep- in the in the pilot episode, but I think that's a reference to how. David Boreanaz got his role on, on Buffy was, huh. when they were cat um, when they were casting the role. They're having trouble finding the right person, and David Boreanaz like lived in the same neighborhood or something <laughs> as like one of the casting directors, and the casting director would like see him like walking his dog or something, and was like. Actually, there's this guy I see. <laughs> He's so good looking. I mean, um, and you know that's that's you know uh, with all of those kind of Hollywood stories, whether that that's actually true, you know, or if it's a fun little myth that they allow to. But I like to believe it's true. Yeah, um, but uh, she she not only sees Oliver Simon, but she also sees Rebecca Lowell. And a very famous actress, most known for her role, uh, what was the role? As You Were? No, no, like, I think it was like... On Your Own? or On Our... On Your Own. On Your Own, yeah. I was talking about, like, what was the part, though, that she played? Oh, Raven. Raven, yeah. Because I've been watching a lot of Teen Titans recently, (laughs) so I was like... See, I remembered On Your Own because, and you've probably never heard of this movie, um, there's a movie called On Our Own... Um, which the only reason that I remember it is because we, it was this, it was one of these weird programs at school where like you got like sent home a movie, like there was a movie distributed to like all the families and stuff. Okay. And, um, yeah, we had this movie forever and I honestly just recently found it on, like it's in YouTube in its entirety. Ah, it's one of um, those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, but I remember talking to uh, talking to my trivia group about this, and they're like, "Never heard of this movie. I think you're making it up." And and then I looked it for it on YouTube to find like the trailer, and then I found the whole movie. I'm like, oh, "That's it. That's the whole thing." Nice. Um, but yeah. So, but Rebecca Lowell is the is one of the stars of On Your Own, and um, Angel has no idea who she is because Angel doesn't own a television. And we all know that's not true. Um, well, he didn't. He wasn't the one who said, I don't own a television. It was Wesley. Okay. Um, Angel is a TV fan. Something you'll find out later on in the show. Uh, I know you're correct, but I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what the details are. And that's making me mad. So it's a certain character uh, that has a color in his name. Ah, yes. And... Uh, or not in his name, but the actor, the actor that he's making a reference to as a color in his name, and he's talking about Bonanza because now yeah. I recall. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I really love the hoops you had to go through to avoid 
uh, the spoilers involved in that. Like, of course, if there are any fans of Bonanza listening, they're going to think like, oh, what does that actor have to do with Angel? Like, well, you know. You'll find gi- out. Yeah, give us a bit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And, um, Angel, like, Cordelia keeps going on and on about all, like, all the praise that she could give to, um, to Rebecca. But Angel notices that there's a car that's kind of idling and just like ready to ready to just r- race down the street and of course rebecca walks out into the middle of the road mm-hmm. angel is there he pushes her out of the way and gets hit by the car quite hard yeah uh but he's all right yeah our boy is sturdy it's, it's actually really funny how like um like cordelia and west are the only ones going like angel and everybody else is like oh my god rebecca rebecca <laughs> rebecca and I, and I know it's because nobody knows who angel is but it's also just kind of really funny yeah. it's like are you sure you don't want to check on the guy who just got actually hit by the car <laughs> um but uh but yeah so oliver's saying like oh you will give you a reward and angel's like no nah, i can't accept it and uh and while he and then uh rebecca is basically trying to ask angel um basically just any question that she can but all of them are intercepted by cordelia who as we said before has zero chill she's so fucking starstruck um (laughs) and and it's funny because it is like i do think it is like 50 50 like sincere admiration for her and also um how can i use this to my advantage yes like uh, um opportunity um, <laughs> uh, which i think is good that um her ad her affection and admiration for her does come across as sincere because i think if that weren't the case i'd um i wouldn't enjoy this if i just thought it was opportunistic i don't think i would I it would have enjoyed it as much because yeah. I would have felt like it was reflecting really poorly on Cordy. So to have this like unbridled enthusiasm mixed in, that worked for me. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and uh, Angel just kind of does his Batman thing and disappears. <laughs> Which and, Cordy lampshades. She's like, yeah, oh yeah, he does a, that. He always does that. But uh, she does get Cordy does end up giving Rebecca a card for Angel Investigations yep. with the. That lovely little crab drawing on the on the front That's, of it. We are still on your side, Cordelia. I think this logo is nice. I mean, I have a T-shirt with the logo on I it, know. so I, I'm still. I'm clearly still, I'm supporting the the company. I'm still pissed at uh, at uh, Angel and Doyle for R.I.P. Uh, for coming down so hard on on this design. I like it. But uh, yeah, so the next day we're back in Angel Investigations and. Uh, and Cordy's like, look, I'm in the paper. And Wessa just assumes, oh, there was a review of your play? Like, why would they care about a hundred-year-old play? Right. <laughs> look, I'm in the picture with Rebecca. and It's just her elbow. It's just her elbow. And, uh, and it's really funny because um, they say, uh, Angel says, like, look, it doesn't really matter if I'm if I'm in the story or not and he's like well they don't mention you at all like what (laughs) (laughs) which I love that that's a nice take because it's it's so easy for Angel to do the stoic and like the whole like yeah I'm a hero or whatever but then when he doesn't get credit for it he's like I'm sorry (laughs) what (laughs) so because because I think that's the thing it's 
Angel does want, I mean, I don't think, this is definitely, uh, Angel does want the credit, he does want to be recognized, but he can't, like, admit that, so yeah. he has to play it cool. And these little details, these little moments are the shades that I so love that we get on Angel the series that we really never possible um, when Angel was on Buffy. Yeah. So, um, I, I yeah, I really appreciate these, these little moments where we get to see Angel be a little petty, uh, yes. you know, a little jealous, um, you know, get excited over, like, silly things. Uh, it just makes his character and so much richer. And get chained to a bed. And get chained <laughs> to a bed. Wear a tuxedo. Oh, my God. And make me so horny. <laughs> mm, I should have chilled this wine. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Anyway, but uh, Cordelia says that um, they could use this press um, if they if people find out that Angel's a bodyguard to the stars or whatever, then they'll be lining up. In which and of course that leads to Rebecca coming in and wanting to talk to Angel in his office, and her bodyguards, one of whom looks a little bit like John Cena, is uh, uh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, at first I was like, there's no way that's John Cena. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. But just for a second, I could have believed it. I I love when there are, the, like, um, back in season two, that... Um, of uh, Buffy. Uh, yes, of Buffy. Um, that random girl who comes into the library who looks dead up like Ellie Kemper, but but wasn't. <laughs> like, it's always kind of freaky when that happens. Um, I also was I the one who said that she looked like Ellie Kemper? Um, I don't remember which of us said it, but, um, uh, but then we kept calling her not Ellie Kemper for the yeah. rest of the episode. Yep. Um, I also love though that even in the middle of being starstruck, uh, Cordy's mind is still on the business. Uh, yes. Always, always got the money in mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, the reason that Rebecca wants to talk to Angel is because she has a stalker who is sending her... Letters that are written in what looks like blood. However, Angel kind of notices that it's not, <laughs> and he doesn't really, he doesn't really, he doesn't really elaborate on that. It's just like it's not blood. Yeah, she's, she's just, she just kind of goes with it. She doesn't really, which yeah. makes sense later on as we as we see how she reacts to other things. She really lets a lot of things just kind of go. Like. Yeah, and she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to give this, like, contact the police about this because if she did, then she's practically giving her story away to the tabloids. Yeah. And she doesn't want, she doesn't want that kind of press. Yeah. She wants the press that's going to get her parts and shows. Yeah. And, uh, but she does because ask. she's practically a bag of bones. <laughs> she's, she's so ancient, she can't be cast on television. But, hey, I mean... That is a uh, that is a that is a bad thing happening in Hollywood. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, uh, the age thing and the um, like the weight thing. Do you remember when uh, Jennifer Lawrence was first starting to like really get big, and they um, there was this big narrative around like it's so great to see like bigger gals getting roles, and it's like Jennifer Lawrence is not a bigger gal. <laughs> I remember people like giving her crap. Um, about being in the Hunger Games and having like baby fat on her face, right? And I'm and like, like it, what? So she doesn't look starved. I'm like, it's because it's because nobody in America really does, and that's probably not a true statement. But 
uh, it's just the narrative around beauty standards is especially bullshit. for women yeah especially for yeah women. it's like yeah they I, I can't remember what it was it had to have been a comedy show or something that i saw but it's like impossible like you're either um there's like a very large portion of a woman's life where she's too old for young roles but too young for old roles mm -hmm. and so you can't get any can't get any jobs with that yes. remember when uh within the space of like two years sally fields played uh tom hanks love interest and his mother yep that was a thing that happened uh, also uh just to backtrack just a skosh um i don't want to get bogged down into it because we've had this discussion already but cordelia does casually drop the r word uh not cool even for 2000 but uh we've we talked about this pretty much at length in the last time Cordelia did this. Yeah. So, um, and I don't feel like we need to bog ourselves down in it, but I felt like it should be noted. Yeah. Uh, we obviously do not approve. Yes. Uh, we love you, Cordy, but... We love you, Cordy, and we'll be true. Oh my god, I thought that exact same thing. My head was right there, and like, I'm not gonna sing that. And then I just look up, and I'm like, oh no! And he saw me, and he realized... Bye, bye, birdie! He's gonna do it! Oh god. <laughs> anyway, um, musical break aside, um, she, uh, Rebecca wants Angel to basically kind of protect her from her stalker. And uh, Angel's like, nope, I'm not going to. And of course... Cordelia is right outside the door. She's like, "What?" And then she tries to cover it by going, "A chew." <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, and because um, you know, if Cordelia is close to Rebecca, then that means she can get close to quite a few high up Hollywood people, mm -hmm. and that's what a what more could a struggling actress yeah. ask for? Um. But, uh, yeah, so he says that he can't take her case. She leaves. Cordelia goes on and on. They're like, what? What's wrong with you? Why, <laughs> Why will you fight goat demons that, uh, or donkey-faced demon, donkey-headed demons that tear out people's guts but not, not of the star? And Wesley immediately knows, like, oh, it's because he likes her. Does this work for you? Is it like that Wes is the one who dials no, in on that or just that he likes her? Just, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really buy this attraction, a, a alleged attraction, other than she's pretty, which she's very, very beautiful. But yeah. the episode doesn't really give me anything, especially at this point, to like, yeah, why Yeah, I'd argue that her. maybe a little later, yeah. possibly, but yeah, that's... I mean, and hey, in the end, it could just be that she's pretty. and Which is fine. Like, and literally, the, if if he was just like, yeah, I think she's really and, attractive. And, 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 and maybe I, not nothing even, against that. Maybe but. not even just that she's pretty, but also, like, I found that when I'm in the company of people, even if I've just met them, um, sometimes, like, their personality just shows through extremely well. And um, and that, like, creates an attraction. And I'm like, true. wow. And they, that hap that can happen over the course of just, like, a couple hours. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You can't help who you crush on as mm. someone who's had many ill-fated crushes. Of 
just leave it there. Are we talking about me or you? I'm talking. Oh yeah, I was talking about myself. Uh, well, I was gonna say it applies to both of us. <laughs> Maybe me more than you. <laughs> I I don't know. I. Uh, I I'd say we're about equal in that regard. I uh, I'm not I'm not immune to having uh uh um uh um <laughs> one more um for this ill con- I was like, I couldn't remember the word. I was like I'm not immune to having ill conceived crushes, even though I am married. <laughs> I was talking about like pre marriage, but uh, I mean yes, go were, for it. <laughs> they were they were real bad then. Like, oof. <laughs> That's not what people are here to listen to, though. They're here for this. They're here for, um... For Wesley saying that uh, Angel is kind of attracted to Rebecca and doesn't want to get too close. And, uh... So, this is when Cordelia... Cordelia starts having a vision, but not really. (laughs) And we get... We get the the her the usual sound effects, vision. the music. Yeah, and my favorite is I mean it's obviously fake from the second she starts it, um, which really good, um, really good I think nuanced acting from Charisma Carpenter to like differentiate it from her fake ones, like um, I, I or from her real ones. I thought that was yeah. great. But then when she like opens one eye to like see if they're, and they're just staring at her like no. <laughs> She needs our help. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and what's, what, then she's basically just like, "Oh fuck you guys." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and Rebecca and Cordelia says, "Oh man, I do just about anything to get inside Rebecca's world." And uh, cut to Rebecca getting like her eyebrow just pulled the hell off. Um, and the woman waxing her um, is telling her about this procedure where they like. Sounds, sounds like liposuction. Some sort of liposuction, but like for your face, it sounded like because it sounded like she's oh like, yeah, like that's it was right. like like they was like it's just a small incision behind your jaw. So I guess it's for like, like face cheek fat, cheek fat, yeah. Which ew, <laughs> gross. Yeah, you know some some not ew cheek fat is gross, but like that proce- like the yeah. idea of having that procedure, <laughs> it's a it's a tad unsettling. Yeah. Um. I mean, all power to those of you who want to pursue it, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm not in that line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is not shaming on anyone who's 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 pursued or has had any sort of cosmetic surgery. I just, uh, it is more of the, uh, I find the procedure itself uh, icky. Um, <laughs> it was like, uh, I had, um, I had uh, Harrison and uh, some of our other friends over for uh, dinner Saturday night. This, this past Saturday, and one of the things that I'd made was coleslaw, and Harrison's like, oh, so I'm not going to have coleslaw because I don't like it. It's it's not that it's not because it's your cooking, Jason. It's because it's coleslaw. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I remember exactly what I said because I thought it was so funny in the moment because I said this is not a value judgment on you, Jason. And I was like, I don't know why you choose the words value judgment, but it's what I went with. And... It's a value judgment on coleslaw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, allegedly, from the uh, the others who do enjoy coleslaw, it was very good. So oh, everything I, was very good. I'm actually not even a huge. I've never been a huge fan of coleslaw before, but I mean, I figured, oh, I made it, I'd try it, and yeah, it was great. I think I might actually like coleslaw. Just you know, not shitty coleslaw. I mean, your words. 
But then again, like, I haven't really been trying a lot of restaurant like, coleslaw from other restaurants, so. You know I, what I am a proponent of, though? Coleslaw and burgers. I've had that a couple times, and it works surprisingly well. It gives, like, it gives the burger, like, a tangy crunch, which at first I didn't think I would like, but it actually works really well. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Liposuction. Um, <laughs> face liposuction. Face liposuction. And uh, then to further illustrate Rebecca's, you know, lifestyle, she has a party and um, it shows her guests slowly leaving and uh, she's kind of like the only one there and she's just kind of sitting down and... Uh, this is a really effective, I thought, transition of like the yeah. people slowly fading away. It, um, really good sh- just shorthand to get us uh, into her head. Yeah, and it's obviously showing that... Hello, fire truck. You know, you can have, like, all these contacts, mm-hmm. and you can have all these people come to your party, but, you know, in the end, it it really did look like she didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. And one thing I could tell about, like, parties that I go to, like, I, I typically, if it's a good party, I typically leave it feeling, oh my gosh, I feel filled in, uh... I feel very fulfilled in just, you know, my social social muscles and everything, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. I'm sure there are <laughs> plenty of words, but yeah, like, it, it's definitely like, it fills up the spirit, fills up the soul. Yeah. It reminded me in some ways of um, uh, back in season one in uh, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, when Cordelia has, the, it's really, because that's like really the first episode that allows Cordelia to have any depth. Um she she mentions being lonely and Buffy's like, oh yeah, you, Little Miss Popular, like always surrounded by friends, must be so lonely. And Cordy's like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when I'm surrounded by more, like the most more people I'm surrounded by, usually the lonelier I am. And um, there's a great line where Buffy's like, well, then why do it? And she's like, well, it beats being lonely by yourself. Oof. Which, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but uh we're definitely getting some of that here yes um but yes so um she's about to uh pretty much wrap up for the night when uh she sees somebody break into her glass door and who is it but our boy angel yeah and uh couldn't just open the door but it's no (laughs) but uh that's because there is a masked man who i accidentally thought was a ninja at first uh standing right behind her but uh yeah, Angel is able to. Uh... What happened to Angel? Oh, he he threw the bookcase on Angel. Yeah. yeah he, well, he didn't throw it. He, he's a regular guy. He just knocked, knocked a over. bookcase over onto Angel, and that allowed him to get away. Yeah. Uh, I love a good like tall, heavy piece of furniture falls on someone moment. Like that's all, and I know that's so specific, but it is something about like the visual visual like way it looks visually and then just like putting myself in that position and it's like ooh that like that's that's gonna fucking hurt it's gonna <laughs> like you know that could kill someone um it put willow in the hospital that one time yeah um uh angel bounces back pretty quickly though yeah he's pretty good um but uh yeah rebecca's bodyguards um oh excuse me i skipped over something my bad um and uh so uh, Rebecca helps Angel get up and um, she looks to her right and she asks him like oh are you okay and then when she looks into a mirror 
it's just her there. And she's like, oh my god. Which, you know... It's a cool cool shot. It's a cool shot, and also something you kind of forget in the Buffyverse. I feel like there are... um, I feel like there aren't as many moments Mm -hmm. of vampires not having reflections being a part of the story yeah it's other usually, things it's usually used for like a quick gag um mm-hmm. like i remember there's one episode where buffy like is looking in the mirror and then when she turns around angel's there and she's like and she like she has a line where she's like oh i didn't see you and i didn't see you so i should have known you were there um <laughs> but yeah it's um yeah this is an effective moment um also, I'll just say, um, I tried to call out a plot hole here, but I was corrected by Jason because I claimed that Cordy, Cordy, Angel entered Rebecca's house without an invitation, but he did receive one earlier when she had invited him over to um, for a watch private a... viewing yeah. of of her TV show mm-hmm. and like complete with commentary, which y'all we all know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Banging one out uh-huh that's it um and uh i cited as evidence that uh cordelia when she got her apartment said oh you should stop by sometime you're welcome anytime and uh so he's able to so when he and Wes show up for her party uh or no not for a party it was just like just the, yeah just to come see yeah she's like how are you able to walk in he's like well you you gave me an invitation like so those are permanent? <laughs> <laughs> um, and also just like real loose rules there. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Although it did make me think, do... One, have we seen where Wesley lives at all? At no. Um, no, like uh, last we checked, he, he was like just, you know, in a hotel. Okay. So, because I was thinking like really what they should do is they should have at least one person on the team whose house Angel is not invited into, you know, just in case. Yeah. Um, what happens in this episode happens. <laughs> um, but it doesn't really come up. But yeah, uh, Rebecca eventually, like, her bodyguards come out, come out and, uh, and, like, the police as well, so everybody leaves, and so she walks back up into her house and is like, hey, I know you're still here. And uh, that's when she kind of figures, puts it all together and saying, and uh, Angel says like, look, whatever you're thinking, it's probably not true. And she's like, really? Because, you know, dark office, you, dark office, no reflection, and you knew that that ink wasn't blood. I'm kind of guessing vampire. And it's like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that Rebecca is having like a full on opposite reaction to Kate Lockley. <laughs> She's just like, okay, chill, chill, chill. And this is this is when I think the case can start to be made for um some attraction between the two characters yes. because as um Rebecca says later in the episode, she sees um like she is not afraid of him mm-hmm. uh shocked at first when you know she saw like the lack of reflection but uh not afraid yeah and uh she definitely um and she wants angel to stay in the house for the night however they do not no banging they do not bang um maybe for the exact reason that uh cordelia and angel cordelia and wesley are freaking out because <laughs> 
uh, Cordelia's like, oh, wait a minute, he never came back. He's still there. So she, so she, ends, she ends up going to Rebecca's house, uh, knocking on the door, or actually just coming yeah, in. She just goes in. She yeah, as, as Angel's walking down the stairs, and Cordelia has three, what, uh, half-calf mochaccino lattes or something, and, uh, and, a, and a cross around her neck. A big wooden cross. Yeah. I like that she's prepared. She's like... I've come to have a pleasant morning or to deal with horrible death. <laughs> I'm prepared for either scenario. <laughs> yep, never leave home without that. But uh, it's really funny because she immediately looks at Angel's pants and she's like, oh, I know you're not Angelus. You'd never wear pants like that. Which is funny because as we've noted, anytime Angelus is in the series, he's wearing... Leather, leather pants. pants. Now Cordelia rocks some leather pants later she, on in this episode. I love her outfit. The red leather pants, the yellow tank top, and the white jacket. Foing. Yeah. Foing. Yeah. Good job, girl. Um, but yes, uh, Angel does say that he told Rebecca that he's a vampire. And uh, Cordy doesn't really believe it at first. <laughs> yeah, she, she literally says, did you just make a joke? Oh. <laughs> But uh, Rebecca goes to lunch with Oliver, her agent, and uh, and she's basically trying to get this part, uh, this role, because as Cordy had mentioned earlier, she hasn't been on TV for a season and a half, which is forever yep. in TV time, uh, which is why David Boreanaz is always the lead in a show. <laughs> He is never off. Yeah, as soon as, like, if he knows that a show's about to end, that he's on, he's like, all right, next one. Gotta, gotta take my handsome face somewhere. Yep. Yeah, uh, I am I am very curious to see what happens when SEAL Team ends, if he, if he does it again, or if he finally is like, you know what? I've been a series regular on some sort of television show in the lead role for over 20 years nonstop. Maybe I should take a break. Well, he need. Let's see. He's been a main character on WB shows. Mm -hmm. He's been a main character on a Fox show and a main character on a CBS show. Uh, so he needs to hit up either NBC or ABC. Okay. And also, are we going to... Um, are, are we going to allow his years on the WB to count towards the CW? Or does he also need to go back, loop back around to collect the CW as well? You know, seeing as how um, uh, he does appear on Buffy during the UPN years, I'd say that since he's been on both CW and UPN, okay. we'll give him C... Or I'll... since he's been on both WB and UPN, we'll give him CW. I'll allow it. The, the math works. <laughs> That's why I'm a scientist, Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> the science checks out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Rebecca is basically been trying to get this part, and Oliver says, yeah, you... Because Rebecca was originally under the assumption that she was just going to get yeah, this part. She's off her only. Yes, but yeah, Oliver says, oh, they want to hear you read. And uh, cut to her working out, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's just another way to just... <laughs> try to turn angel on because uh, who doesn't love a fit woman 
Um, but she, yeah, she's pissed that she has to read for this part. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess a season and a half off makes me, makes me worthless. Uncastable. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, but Angel's pointing out like, hey, I mean, you've got like, you've got all these people, you got all these like, uh, you got your face everywhere. And she's like, I want to be on TV again. And, uh, I can, and you know, I can sympathize with that. I, I, I appreciate that she's, yeah, like you said earlier, she, she's not looking for like press or, um, or like fame and glory. She just wants to be an actor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, I, I think that makes this character, uh, more sympathetic um, than she could have been. Because this character could be really, really unlikable um, without some of these nuances that they've given her. In this one in particular, that it's not about fame and glory. It's about just wanting to be an actor. But uh, her um, one of her assistants shows up with a, uh, with a tux for Angel because she's going to a premiere tonight. And she needs her bodyguard there. And holy shit. <laughs> Gay agenda. I mean, are, are, this is going to be like the promo image, right? Probably. Because, <laughs> I mean, the other option is uh, Angel forcing that blood down her throat. But uh, that's... Uh... <laughs> we want people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, just... We've never seen Angel in a tux. That's not true, prom. Oh, god damn it! you're right. Okay. Well, How dare you? <laughs> you know what though? I'm gonna say I like. I think he's hotter on this tux. I think. Yeah, this you tux know the bow him really well. And also, I feel like the the straight tie works more than the bow tie on him. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything that can extenuate just how tall he is and yes. how his clothes just hang on him. And uh, and then the way they've done his hair, they've they've done his hair a little differently. Yeah, like wow. I told Harrison, it's just a different type of perfect for his hair. Oh, so hot, <laughs> so hot. I became seven months pregnant when it, when he walked, stepped out of that limousine. Yeah, I'm glad you guys weren't there to see that. <laughs> I was. Yeah, it was freaky. <laughs> it's like he was in. He was in expecting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that episode's terrible. Yep, real bad. Um, but yeah, uh, so Rebecca obviously just basked in the in the media, uh, but then she uh, then she goes into the alley behind the theater. It's like, oh, I never watched the movie. I just do that for the press, which seems a little counterintuitive to what she just what, yeah. she, what the episode's been about. Yeah, I. Yeah, it is weird, but I guess that is the thing: is she does have to. I'm sure there's like a tightrope that she has to balance yeah. of that of like. You know, I have to. I have to keep myself in the press, right? So that people are still thinking about me, so that they let hey, to cast is me. Kind but... of the reason that these attacks are happening uh-huh. because hey, there's another guy who shows up with the gun and he's shooting at poor Rebecca. Luckily, Angel's able to just beat the crap out of him, <laughs> and it's like you know what? That's good. Like Angel's much stronger than a normal human being, which is clearly is. Just beat the crap out of him to death. And uh, while Angel is giving his uh, statement to the police, uh, Oliver is trying to say, like, oh, are you okay, Rebecca? And Rebecca's like, cut the shit. I'm aware that the only people who had the information about 
where I would be is you. Yep. And so, and you know what? Oliver just flat out admits that uh, he thought that, like, attacks on his life in which she would never get hurt, yep. attacks on her life in which she would never get hurt, would be good press for her to get the part, which he reveals that she didn't get because she's too mature for the role. And then, in a conversation that goes on a lot longer than it should, <laughs> yeah. he basically says, well, I'm sorry, Rebecca, but nobody can live forever. And then she's like, interesting. As she eyes, stares that, right as at she eyes that tall hunk of angel. And it, it is interesting. So in her, we learn that her official age is 24, but she's actually the 20. <laughs> so at the oldest, this woman is 29. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, as we said, problematic issues of age in Hollywood, especially for women. Um, but that also implies um, er, that her character on... Uh, on Your Own. On Your Own, thank you, was is 22 and will always be 22. And it ran for nine seasons, according to Cordelia. So, in all likelihood... Um, she depending exactly on how old she is rebecca had been on this show since she was um a teenager yeah um so that's a that's an interesting just layer to her character that isn't really explored i i, I think, think probably my favorite line in this episode might be when she says when she says like oh raven was 22 she's all the show's in, in syndication so she's always going to be there and she's going to be a younger, prettier me. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, that is, that is heavy shit. Yeah. I mean, can, think about, I mean, like David Boreanaz, who's in his fifties now, um, still, still can get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, imagine just like being David Boreanaz and flipping through the channels one day and boom, the Buffy pilot comes on and. There he is walking out of that alley and being like, that'd be very jarring and weird. And it would. I mean, I I have not been on television myself, so I can't. Uh, yeah, I can't really relate to that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it must be weird. Yeah. But uh, so <laughs> so uh, Angel and Wesley. Um, it, it's really funny because Wesley shows up with the forensics. And uh, he's like, you'll be very interested to know. And and Angel said, like, oh, they were that the bullets were blanks. He's like, that the bullets were blanks. <laughs> <laughs> what? And so he basically figures Angel figures out what Rebecca just found out. Yeah. Which seems a little weird. It seems a little weird that like that's the sequence that they went with. Um. Because it. it, it yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad Rebecca figures it out on her own. Um, it just gives that character more agency. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but to have Angel, like, have another scene of exposition of Angel figuring it out just seems redundant. Um, as opposed to just her telling him later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and so Rebecca decides to invite Cordelia to go shopping with her. And, uh... Cordelia, as with the rest of this episode, has zero chill. Zero like, chill. and it's so funny because Rebecca basically asks her along so that she can find out more info about Angel, which she does. 
Cordelia becomes a veritable font of angel information. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. And I love it. But uh, yeah, and so later that night, Angel's in the basement, and uh, Rebecca comes down. She's like, oh, well, nobody was upstairs. And he's like, no, that's okay. Because so he not was lock their office. He was <laughs> he was about to uh, he was about to go see her anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and remember, we're supposed to believe that uh, Angel does have an attraction to this woman, uh, who is now in his apartment with a very scandalous dress. Oh, scandal! And it's uh, a, I mean, it's a very pretty dress, but also, I mean, that's a dress you wear when you have a certain plan. That's a dress that you don't plan on wearing the entire night. Yes. Sorry, I just so I just watched um, I just watched A League of Their Own last night uh, with my parents, and it was funny because as I was watching it, I realized that oh my god, I've never seen this movie the whole way through. Also, there was a ton of stuff that I didn't get from the last time I watched it when I was like ten. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there is one point when uh, Madonna's character. Like, Rosie O'Donnell's character is looking at her, and she's like, that dress is too tight on you. And, and Madonna's character's like, well, I'm not planning on wearing it all night. <laughs> nice. Like, bam, chicka wow wow. Sex. Yep. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, and and she has brought a bottle of Dom Perignon for Angel, because what do you get, the guy who's seen everything? And for a minute, I thought that, like, oh, she's gonna, like, give him, like, a a video of like her uh, of her show of on your own. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Nope, nope. She wanted a. Uh, she brought some champagne, and uh, she wants to do that thing that you do at weddings when you like uh, lace your arms together and drink your champagne like that. And I'm I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere besides weddings. I don't think so either. I think I think she just wanted to do it so she'd be able to manipulate him into spilling his. Well, she spills her drink her, on yes, him. Yeah. Uh, should we should we do that, Jason? No. Should, oh, <laughs> how cute would that have been? Well, like nobody would be able to see it. But we know. <laughs> also, all those people outside the window. What if, what if there was just a crowd of people just outside the window? <laughs> They're all just like looking right into like, this window. Like, a what good are morning, they doing? Good morning, America, sort of thing. They've all got sides. Like, we love booze and bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd have to be like. How did you find out where I live? <laughs> oh, God. They heard too many <laughs> fire trucks and ambulances. They know. They've been taking copious notes about every, like, vague mention we've made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, God. It would be really bad if it was like, oh, uh, New York New York City loves you. And like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, but, uh, yeah, so... She does end up spilling her champagne on Angel, who then goes to uh, change his shirt. But and the show denies me <laughs> what I deserve, which is Angel without a shirt. <laughs> gives The show giveth Angel in a tux, and it taketh away Angel's nipples. You know, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might find... You get what you need. But what I need <laughs> is Angel without a shirt. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yeah, so while Angel is changing his shirt off screen, unfortunately, uh, I almost said Miranda. I don't know why. Uh, Rebecca, 
Rebecca pours a powder into his drink and then fills it up with champagne. Yikes. So yeah, she basically roofies him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't worry, it's a magic roofie. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much happier when roofies are magical. So uh, yeah, and meanwhile we go back to uh, Wesley coming to Cordelia's apartment. And uh, and she's like, oh, so I might have done something terrible. <laughs> And he's like, well, what happened? He's like, well, I went shopping with Rebecca. He's like, and that was terrible. No, it was amazing. And then just goes on and on about all the great things, including a veal that was in a... Uh, like a truffle. A truffle, a black truffle sauce something or something. like that. Yeah. Um, they closed shops for Rebecca. Yes. Um, I, I love the idea that like... Because this is obviously hours later. I, so I love the idea that Cordelia was on such a high and she went home... And over the course of the next couple hours, as that, you know, the high starts to go away, she She's started like, like uh-oh. Um, hmm. And she reveals to Wesley that she may have shared details about Angel, such as, you know, where he's from, what he's been up to the past few years, the exact details on how one would become a vampire. <laughs> oh my god. And... Cordelia. Oh, God, Cordelia. Um, but yes, uh, the drug is taking effect. Angel's very relaxed. He's getting... Um, he's becoming a little more open about things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, that's when... That's when uh, Rebecca starts being a little seductive. And she's like, hey, guess what? Like, we don't have to be alone uh we can be together forever mm. and uh and you know this kind of comes across as a little opportunist because yes. she makes angel think that uh he's that uh, she wants to be with him and i think she may have beat it in on his attraction to her so maybe she's using that maybe uh, in which case that's like super manipulative uh yeah because what she's doing here is great yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like that's like an extra layer of icky Mm -hmm. but uh yeah obviously she wants to be young so that she can be like in parts that are that like fit an under 30 year old for the rest of eternity Mm -hmm. hey eternity Ah. the name of the episode uh but and so this is when like angel starts getting really annoyed and he's like you don't know what you're asking she's like i do know what i'm asking he's like all right fine he drags her over to his fridge (sighs) takes out one of his uh bags of blood and then just like pours some of it into her mouth it's very upsetting it's so disgusting it's and it's like we've seen we've seen obviously angel and spike um like drinking blood but it's always very clean like it's from a mug and like yeah and this is like you know she's like spitting it out and it's like all over her face it is so upsetting um thank god it's just cornstarch and food coloring yeah ugh gross gross but uh and of course she's like starting to freak out and uh angel's like what happened did you drug me and because like you know at first he's kind of appalled by what he did 
And so that's when I'm like, yeah, well, I, I wanted to lower your defenses a little bit and give you a happy pill. And uh, unfortunately, we know what happens when Angel gets a little too happy. Yeah. And uh, so now he's in a sort of pseudo bliss and he and he goes full vamp face and starts referring to himself as angelus and basically starts talking about how much he's going to torture uh rebecca uh rebecca is able to escape um she's very clever what she does yeah. she gets in the elevator goes and goes up so angelus goes up the stairs and she stops the elevator like before it goes all the way up and like climbs out yeah and i was like all right that's resourceful that's yeah. clever um but yeah and so she's trying to uh and as she's getting out of the elevator wesley and cordelia are there and uh and she's like and she's like there's something wrong with angel and, and cordelia <laughs> goes, says you, you slut, slut. <laughs> <laughs> because of course Cordelia knows what happened the last time. Uh, you slept with him, didn't you? I... And that's when um, uh, she reveals that she gave him a drug called Doximol, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is a tranquilizer that induces bliss. And so Wesley thinks, oh, because it's a synthetic, then the, then the effects should wear off after, after a while. Unfortunately, not long enough because Angel cuts the power in the office. And... Uh, when he comes in, he he basically just is mocking Wesley for um, just, you know, being inferior. Is that ice cream? That is an ice cream truck, yeah. Yay! <laughs> Here, pause the recording. <laughs> <laughs> do you not get ice cream truck ice cream trucks in this neighborhood though? Uh, no, we we do. They okay. they come back. But they're like I mean, they're so overpriced. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I, I can't remember the last time I got something from an ice cream truck. But uh, it's it's very exciting as a child, but as you get older and you're like, hold on, seven dollars for <laughs> one goddamn popsicle? No thanks. But uh yeah, so and then Angel goes after Cordelia. And just, like, kind of rips apart her bad acting. It's and so mean. It is mean. Everything he says to both Wesley and Cordelia is just so yeah. awful. But, uh, but fortunately, uh, Cordelia is holding what she claims is a bottle of holy water. And I gotta say, the Oscar does go to her because, boy, does she sell it. She sells it. I yeah. love this. She says, he's like, you're bluffing. And she's like, no, I'm not. I think about, and I mean, there's definitely a lot of truth in what she's saying yeah. here. She says, I think about this happening every day. I keep a stake in my desk. I have a cross in my bag. And this is for, you know, this water, father, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> father, whatever. Ah, is. yes. <laughs> of, the, of the Dublin, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, he comes by every Tuesday to, to, to bless the water. Um, which, I mean, good thinking on your feet here, Cordy, uh, cause, you know, she splashes the water in his face, it, it, it's not actually holy water, but it does distract him long enough, but, like, feels like maybe they should do that. Just, yeah. Just, like... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, probably should have, like, a, a supply of holy water. Yeah. Yet another, um, yet another, uh, part of vampire, vampire, uh, lore that... I don't feel as you, and I've mentioned it before, I don't feel mm-hmm. it's used as often on the show as, you know, stakes and crosses are. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so she ends up, um, 
So she ends up splashing this water on Angelus. It's not a, it's not really holy water, but it does give enough of a distraction for Wesley to come in and uh, like basically just kick Angel, and it launches him, and he his face smacks right into the bottom of the elevator, and then he falls down the shaft. Damn. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is rough. That's pretty brutal. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it like renders him unconscious, like that's. Like that, it is a vampire you're talking yeah. about here. Um, Angel wakes up and he is chained to his bed, um, like really chained, like excessively <laughs> so. I don't blame him, but yeah, Cordelia and Wesley are sitting there, and um, they uh, and they say like, "Oh, Rebecca's Rebecca's gone. She's not gonna be like wanting you as her bodyguard because you know he tried to kill her and everything." Uh, and um, Angel's trying to apologize um for what he'd said and they're like you know and and wesley just says you know what we should just forget it mm-hmm. and uh cordelia isn't too quick to let things go uh but she does say that um even though what angela said was mean it was also honest mm-hmm. and it's like oh if i can get honesty from the soulless version of my friend i should be able to get honesty from the one who has a soul yeah which fair enough I, but again, I liked, that's that's a, that's a hard thing to broach. It is, but I appreciated that it was. I really appreciated from Cordelia's perspective that she was not angry at what Angelus, quote unquote, said to her. It was that yeah, her friend was not honest with her. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that shows just more maturity and growth from her that yep. we've been seeing all in, in an episode that she really needed some maturity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She but regresses a bit in this episode. A little but she, bit. Uh, yeah. She, she, makes she, up for it in this last she act. She gets back there. But, uh, but yeah. And so, um, she walks away and angels like, Oh, Hey, I'm still chained and tied to the bed guys. Yeah. Let me out. Well, well first, cause first he's like, you're not going to unchain me. Are you? And she just goes, Pfft. And it walks away <laughs> like Wesley. So Cordelia, yeah. guys, and I love the cut to black, and you can still hear the chains like rattling <laughs> as he's trying to get free. But uh, yeah, that's that's eternity. Yeah. Um, I want to read this production note here in the wiki that was from a interview with uh, Tim Minear that I think is very interesting. Um, it said originally angel was envisioned as being an anthology with the client of the week providing the emotional center for each episode which is not shocking i think we've seen that a bit throughout the season um however as the first season progressed the writers began to concentrate on the emotional interplay between the main characters instead as producer tim minear explains you can have an interesting plot and an interesting client but it's difficult to create sympathy for someone you're introducing for one episode um, um, uh, if you look, uh, if you look at how the episode ended up, my near said, it's really about our core people. And by the end of the episode, the client's gone. There's not even a wrap up scene at the end with the actress. And it's funny. He doesn't even call her by her name. She's the actress. Yeah. Um, it's all about Angel being chained to that bed and Cordelia not untying him. Um, and, and um, uh, he says later on in this, if that episode had gone before the cameras earlier in the rotation, I think you would have probably seen a different ending with more emphasis placed on the actress and her problem than on Angel. Um, so I just thought that was a, a very interesting way to see how the focus in the, of the show has shifted throughout the first... Because I think he's right. In earlier episodes, this 
this would have this episode might have would have ended with a scene between him and Rebecca. Yeah. And all and then it ends with him and him Wesley and Cordelia is telling. We yeah, like, we don't even get like follow up with Rebecca yeah. because ultimately at the end of the day she's really not that important. But at the same time it it and again, this is kind of like what was going to be one of my strikes on it, so Tim Minear kind of beat me to it. <laughs> it, it. It does feel a little strange that it doesn't feel like the, the, core, the core three are the focus of this episode until the end. Yeah. And I mean, you can say that's clever all you want, but at the same time, I, th- I still think it's a little bit... Yeah. Uh, What's the word I'm trying to think of? It's it's still like fragmentary yeah. or something like that. I think this episode sees the show stuck in between. You know what yeah. I mean? Like stuck in between what it really was at the beginning of the season and what it's evolving into. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I I I don't think it's this episode has uh certainly some flaws, and I do think that. Um, yeah, that kind of, the kind of the jettisoning, jettisoning of Rebecca there towards the end is a bit of an issue. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think that, I think that's very interesting, that insight on how their opinions of what the show needed to be was changing and how that affected this particular episode. Um, and not necessarily all for the best, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was Eternity um yeah overall i uh i'm kind of like feeling almost as much as i felt about the ring it was like Mm. just kind of a i don't want to say a throwaway episode because we still get a couple of decent moments but in the end i'm just thinking that you know this isn't as good as angel can be as Mm -hmm. angel has shown itself to be it's more just kind of a a middle of the road episode so I'll probably give it, um, I'll probably give it, uh, two. Two, um, two, uh, missed out rolls out <laughs> of five. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, definitely a middle of the road episode. Got some really good humor in it that I really liked. Um, I do think this episode uh, is more essential than some of the other standalones we've seen because um, one thing that's really, I think is really important, even though I don't think the episode itself is super successful as a whole, um, but what this episode does for the series is it, um, uh, it, it shows us, uh, the audience, what sort of threat Angelus is that is true it, it is kind of a reminder yeah because uh, you know we haven't seen Angelus since um, becoming mm-hmm. part two and I think it's um, I, I, I think this is less I think this was done very specifically less for Buffy fans who are also watching Angel but I think maybe to be for people who just watched started on Angel because there, there were people who just watched Angel oh, without sure. watching Buffy yeah. um, because that's the thing when Angelus first appeared on Buffy it was, there was no warning. It was a huge shock. And that was really effective. But now we know that's a possibility. The ever-present threat of Angelus is baked into the very identity and DNA 
of this show. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for the audience, especially those who didn't see season two of Buffy, to know exactly what that threat looks like um, in this kind of microcosm if it ever is to return. Um, And it's also important for Wesley to see it, I think, too. Yeah. Um, And even... Cordelia, because Cordelia, as she mentioned in this episode, was there. Um, she even calls out Wesley. She's like, "You don't fucking know what it was like." <laughs> but even Wes or even Cordelia doesn't really know what it was like. She was there, yeah. but she never had. She and Angelus never had any one-on-one encounters. Um, so she definitely saw a lot of the damage, um, but she was never a specific target of right. it. Um, other than just as being part of the Scoobies. But, uh, but now she, she would be. She was extremely worried, though, because he had been in her car. So, <laughs> yeah. Still I, one of the best, well, like, one of the best, like, sight gags ever was her driving up and her car was full of garlic. We'll never, <laughs> never, never not love that gag <laughs> uh, of them uh of them, yeah, doing that to Cordelia's car. Um, <laughs> even though, yeah, definitely didn't need to. But, so yeah, I do think this one's a, a little more essential than something like The Ring, um, just just for that perspective. Um, but it's also, like, it's thin. You know, there's interesting stuff in here, but um, Rebecca's storyline ultimately being nothing kind of makes everything that comes before just nothing. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this one, I think, two and a half, uh, two two and a half guns loaded with blanks out of five. Half a gun. Half a gun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Um, any closing thoughts? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, take us out, my friend. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 4, Episode 19, New Moon Rising. Whoa, what Hmm. what do you think that's about? moon? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm very excited for this episode um, uh, because there's something very big that happens in it that um, we're going to have a really long discussion about. Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at uh, yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And uh, if you're worried about your back health, then feel free to check out a series of videos that I have about making sure that you can reduce the risk of having a hernia when lifting heavy objects. Don't turn your eternity into any hernity. <laughs> See, it tied into the episode title this time. It did. Yeah, I thought I made you sit in a different spot so you didn't have your usual. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C O F F M A N. I also write a blog where I write about a different horror film every week. Uh, it's horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. And this week was my one year anniversary for my first review. Woo! Uh, and my first review was uh, the 2006 remake of The Hills Have Eyes, which is a very, very special film to me. I love it very dearly. It's, it got me into horror when I was just a, a wee bairn. Uh, 
And so, to celebrate the anniversary of said review... The Hills Have Eyes too. I... No. <laughs> I, I reviewed the original Hills Have Eyes. Okay. Which is also good, but um, I think, actually, I, I prefer... And this is an instance where I prefer the remake. I think it, uh, I think it takes a good movie and improves on it. There are, there are a few movies that I uh, like the remake on better. Um, there are also a few that I know a lot of other people enjoy, but I think, no, the original's better. <laughs> Such as The Fly. I've um, never seen the original Fly, but oh I've my only gosh. seen the remake, but I really liked the remake. Awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, congratulations Thank on a you. year of horror, horror by Harrison. Thanks, I only missed one week. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D in all of those instances. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I personally am mad at Apple Podcasts right now because they did an update recently and the new layout sucks donkey balls. Hear that? Get your podcast on Spotify. <laughs> Not brought to you by Spotify. No. But, <laughs> but oh, available man, on be great? Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> um, each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the Actors Fund. The Actors Fund fosters stability and resiliency and provides a safety net for performing arts and entertainment profession- professionals over their lifespan, which of course, as we know, this last year has been mm-hmm. rough for artists. Yes. So... Visit www.actorsfund.org for more information. Yes. And it should be noted that Actors Fund, um, and I think most people know this, but, um, you know, this is not, the, you know, this is not for, like, the Angelina Jolies. Um, <laughs> this is for your day players, extras, you know, the people who are not the big stars and who are not making millions upon millions for each picture, but who get, you know, shitty... $30 residual checks every once in a while for that commercial they did a couple of years ago. And um, so, so when you hear the Actors Fund, don't think you're just, it's like subsidizing millionaires. It's, it's not. Yeah. With, with all that, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Bye.